0: Welcome to All Talk Oncology. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy. And today, as I always say, we have another phenomenal guest. And this guest is coming all the way over from UK. And we're talking about uh, a nutritional scientist, Huh? How often do you get to speak to a nutritional scientist? She is integrative medicine practitioner. She is a food and health writer and consultant. She is the founder of Urban Kitchen. The list goes on and on and on. And I could just continue to brag about her. Please help me to introduce Toral Shah. <laughs> okay, great to
1: be here.
0: Look at that. So look at that smile. It's amazing. Thank you. Thank you for joining us here on All Talk Oncology.
1: It's just great to be talking about these really important topics with people around the world because it's not something that's going away and it affects all of us globally.
0: Yes. You know, so, you know we 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 grow up and then we hear these we hear these cliche things like you are what you eat, right? You know, you hear something like uh, you can't outwork a bad diet, right? I mean, these all these little cliche things. And so here we are now in the realm of the of the cancer industry, right? And a lot of people are being affected by this horrific disease and the numbers are going up. And so How does diet play a role in what we're seeing today?
1: I think, you know, you're bringing up some really interesting points. Now, I think the current statistics are that one in two of us will be affected in cancer. And actually about 20 years ago, it was one in four. So what's changed in the last 20 years? I mean, our diet has changed a lot in the last 50 years, 40 years since we've had industrialization and fast food and, you know, we have takeaways and you know ultra-processed food. These are things that we never used to consume before. So we have to wonder whether it, these are the kind of things that make a difference. I also think that we're just eating less fruit and vegetables than ever before. Um, and we know that from looking at fiber intake, the recommended intake, minimum intake is 30 grams a day. Now, most people in the United States and the UK reach maximum 18 grams so we're only kind of almost at half the halfway mark of what we need to be eating so all of this is going to make a difference and I think we're only starting to understand the science you know, until about the year 1999 or 2000 we didn't even have that much evidence for how diet can impact cancer development and risk and now we're starting to gather lots of data from long-term epidemiological studies all over the world whether that's like the nurses study in the United States or whether it's the EPIC study in Europe or whether it's, it's, you know, these Shanghai studies. So there's so many such data from all different types of communities around the world. And from that, we can see. And sadly, you know, lung cancer used to be one of the leading kind of global cancers. And now it's been overtaken just recently by breast cancer. And that is really sad.
0: Mm. Yeah, we're definitely seeing a shift here, you know, and, and people don't have the answer. You know, here here in the U.S., you know, we kind of eat what we want. I mean, there's so much that's accessible to us, right? There's so much. And our choices are endless. And so to have the proper intake of nutrition, what is that? What does that look like? You know, you touched on something that I want to talk about. You talked about fruits and vegetables. You know, how important is that um, when you're implementing a cancer patient into into treatments
1: it's so important i think what's really interesting is that we've forgotten that fruits and vegetables it sounds really really basic but whatever type of diet you go on any diet you go on that's plant-rich doesn't matter whether it's the mediterranean or vegan or keto or whatever it is anyone where you're eating a lot of different vegetables and fruits seems to be a benefit to patients for treatment for recovery but you know for beyond. Firstly, we need all the amazing phytochemicals in these colorful fruit and vegetables, and they are all really important for kind of helping our cells to grow in control or out of control cells to be kind of gobbled up, essentially. Um, And it helps to, to regulate our immune system. One of the most important things that we're starting to understand is our gut microbiome. That is all the beneficial bacteria that live in our gut. Now, that comprises of about 70% of our immune system. And what we're realizing is that if we eat lots of different fruit and vegetables, that actually helps and increases the beneficial bacteria in our gut. Now, we provide them with a home, but they're the ones who digest the fiber for us. And they provide all these amazing metabolites that we can't actually make. So for example, our gut bacteria make vitamin K. We need that. They're really responsible for making serotonin, the happy hormone. Mm -hmm. So what we're trying to understand is that When you have a healthier gut microbiome, by eating all this kind of fruit and vegetables and kind of plant-rich foods, nuts, seeds, legumes, beans, all of those things, then we're getting this healthier gut microbiome and it's actually helping um, with treatment. But actually, there's lots of new novel treatments like immunotherapy, which are actually working alongside probiotics and kind of gut health to actually work in a much better way. So that's the kind of exciting science behind it. But when we bring it back to basics, how many of us are eating even the basic five portions of fruit and a day? Not many. And I've noticed that when I'm not cooking for myself, it's actually quite hard. So if we're reliant on eating out, um, quick grabbing things quickly, takeaways, all of that stuff, it's going to be really hard to get the fruit and vegetables we actually require because they're not focusing on that, even with salad and stuff
0: you know it's it's so true that and that, and that's i think that's part of our issue right i mean and you know I, I i think i think this this happens so quickly too right you live in your life i mean and we're we're talking from the from the viewpoint of a cancer patient you live in your life and enjoying yourself and then one day you get hit with a diagnosis and you come to understand you know the lifestyle that you've had before may have affected you and have led up to this so now you need to make changes how do you go about doing that and so you know that's one of the things that's one of the things that i wanted to talk to you about because when you're getting ready for treatments such as chemotherapy hormone therapy radiation therapy you know there's certain things that you can and cannot take right when it comes to supplements because of the interfering with treatments what is your thoughts on that? And, you know, how do you prepare for that?
1: First, I just want to say, like, thank you for highlighting that, you know, sometimes our lifestyle and our diet does impact our cancer risk, but I also want to say there's no blame. Like we, we just didn't know about it, all of us. And it can happen just like that. You know, I was eating really well. Um, I was really healthy. as leader, lean and I still had breast cancer, but anyway, let's move away from that. And, you know, we know from the world health organization that potentially 35% of all cancers have some sort of um, influence from our diet and lifestyles. But what can we do next? Because that's really the most important thing. And I think rather than cutting things out, let's think about adding things in. Let's be, uh, make sure we're adding that extra portion of fruit and vegetables at every single meal. Let's really go for a focused food first approach. Let's make sure we're having enough protein because you know when we're having chemotherapy, you know our cells are being broken down. The, the bad kind of cancer cells, but also kind of the good cells too. So we want to build those up. So having enough protein is really important. Having fruit and vegetables is very important to make sure we're getting the micronutrients to fuel, you know, this treat, you know, fuel us. Um, and I think that's, those are things that we really need to focus on. I think sometimes like people, everyone thinks these days that, all oh, cancer patients are often, you know, really sick and then we, they can just eat what they want. Yeah, and I think sometimes people are really sick and if they can only stomach dry biscuits, great, just do that. But I think we also have to remember that if we're not feeling sick because some of the anti-emetic drugs are so much better, then let's try and eat some healthier food. And your taste buds may have changed. That might be hard. So it may be, I think you have stronger flavor taste. So umami, which is like the fifth taste, that savoury feeling, that might be really important to add to your food, which is Adding soy and sesame seeds and all that stuff might make it taste better. Adding um, like citrus fruit to your fruit and vegetables, that's going to make it taste better. Also make it more bioavailable. Um, and then the other question you asked is about you know, what to do or not to do with chemotherapy and radiotherapy and all these things. And What we know is that anyone who's had taken antioxidants as a supplement, not as food, often doesn't fare so well in chemotherapy because it stops the chemotherapy from working. So that's one thing we need to be careful of. Not taking kind of high doses of um, supplements like vitamins A, C and E, all of the things that people might take. The other thing is turmeric and curcumin, such a hot topic, it's become like very trendy. And I think people know that it's a really great anti-inflammatory. So they think, oh, cancer might be inflammation, let's take that. But again, that can really um, interfere with both chemotherapy. And if you had a hormone-based cancer, such as breast cancer, ovarian cancer, and endometrial cancer, you might be on hormone treatment and like moxifam and taking turmeric can block it, but also soaking grapefruit and black cohosh and all sorts of other things, even eating like marmalade. So you need to really be cautious and like get advice from someone who's like a registered dietitian or nutritionist to really help you if you're not sure, because unfortunately, Doctors around the world don't learn about nutrition yet in medical school. And there are loads of people campaigning to get it into the curriculum, but they don't always focus on that. So really we need to go outside. Sorry, give me a load of information. I'm sure. I'm
0: <laughs> Tons of information, you know, and, you know, this is for the listeners. I, I think it's so important for, you know, everyone wants to make that change. Everyone wants to, you know, at that point, you know, make, make an adjustment and like you said, there's no, there's no judgment of as far as what was happening before. We can only control what's happening now. And so what, what are, you know, we, you're hearing this thing about nutrigenomics, right? Am I, am I pronouncing that correctly? Yeah,
1: and- so nutrigenomics is really how our nutrition. And if you look at epigenetics, that's how our lifestyle and nutrigenomics is how our nutrition can interact with our genes. And we, it's, this is early days, it's early science, but it's something I'm really passionate about. Um, and it's something I'm training in quite a lot. But what we're starting to understand is that, you know, we all have our DNA, we all have our chromosome, you know, but things, when you think about cancer and genetics, what you think about is those big gene mutations, which can affect your risk of cancer. So let's take breast cancer for example, we might think, okay, well, if I've got BRCA1 that's gonna change. But there's also all of us inherit tiny single nucleotide changes. So DNA is like a little coil and is made up of lots of bases. If you think about it, the, rung, the rungs of a ladder. And some of these pairings, one of the bases could be changed. And that can influence how this particular enzyme or protein works in our body and the G, how the gene works. And our diet can actually switch genes on and off just as our lifestyle can switch genes on and off. And this is a new field. And to really kind of understand that we can do nutrigenetic testing to see these small kind of little changes. So for example, um, I, and I hope I'm not kind of giving the kind of tagline away, but I, you know, I've had breast cancer. And one of the things I've looked at is why I've had breast cancer. My mother's had breast cancer. My maternal aunts had breast cancer. Loads of my mom's cousins have had breast cancer, but we don't seem to have any of these big gene mutations. So I started looking at, whether well, there's something going on. And what we know is from familial um, breast cancer in families like mine, where we don't have a major gene mutation, the latest research has shown that we may have up to 300 of these very small gene mutations. So one of the gene mutations I have, and I haven't tested my mother, but I'm working on testing my whole family um, because you can learn so much, is that I, when you, uh, as a woman, we, all, we use estrogen, we produce estrogen, we use the estrogen, We then need to break down the estrogen and remove it from our bodies. Now, for me personally, what I know from doing the nutrigenomic testing is that my body breaks down and creates the 4OH version, which is actually much more carcinogenic, i.e. more likely to lead to DNA mutations, which leads to cancer, than the normal version, which is the 2OH version, and it's kind of elements, but just, I know that my body does that, so I have to do all the diet and lifestyle things to help push it the other way, to help ensure that I'm making more of the 2OH version. Because I've had breast cancer three times, and I'm not really up doing it again. I'm done. <laughs> and, you know, I'm also interested in how I can use this to help my patients. And so for me, there's, it's about supporting my liver. It's about supporting that whole uh, liver to kind of break down, detoxify things. It's about, you know, making sure that I've got enough hydration and things are moving through my system. There's
0: all sorts of things you can do. Oh wow. Toro, I mean you've you've just you just spit out a whole bunch of information to us that is just it's it's a lot. <laughs> there is a lot. You there know. Is a lot. But you know what? I mean this is this is so important you know as we go into this because I think sometimes this gets overlooked. And you know we had we had a physician on the show uh Dr. Ash and he talked about the importance of having proper nutrition uh, for surgery for chemo uh, because that can help uh, reduce the, the breaks that you may have it can help with the healing process and so when you think about food and the power that it it has on the body these are these are very important topics that we need to talk about here so, what do you say? What do you say to someone when it comes to food, your diet, their lifestyle? How do you how do you go about uh, directing them?
1: So, I think with cancer patients, um, it depends on kind of really the the sort of situation. Are they having surgery first or chemotherapy first? Because that's normally one of the first things. Radiation is only kind of near the, near the end of the pathway. And I'll say for surgery, we know that eating certain foods helps with healing, so we know that eating more protein helps with healing. Eating more fruits and vegetables provides the vitamin C that helps healing. Having food that's rich with zinc can help with healing wounds. And I think we've got to try and eat all those foods. Um, And, you know, if necessary, if we can't, for example, zinc might be quite hard for people who don't eat seafood or fish or animal-based products, then they may have to supplement and the thing with chemotherapy is again we want to be eating all the right foods because if our body isn't properly fueled think about it like a car if you don't put the right gas in it's not going to work very well and this is exactly the same thing we need to be putting the right gas in to get our body to heal and to kind of stay with the program and to keep going with the treatment because if we're losing a lot of weight or we're eating uh food that doesn't really sustain us then we're not going to we may not be able to tolerate the treatment quite so well. And I think that's quite important. And I think, what do we do then? I think it's not about changing everything because that's not sustainable. Um, It's about making small changes over a period of time which you can sustain, like any habit change. I mean, many of you might have read the book by James Clear, Atomic Habits. It's no different with food. Let's try and make things easier. So for example, don't buy the, the cookies and the, chips and all the junk food and put that in your cupboard. Just don't buy it. And that'll be easier to not eat it. When you go to the grocery store, if you have a delivery, you know, try and get loads of fruit and vegetables and do things like prepare them. Like I think chopping up carrots, cucumber, peppers, and having hummus ready as a snack. is great. Yeah, batch cooked meals get your families to batch cook beautiful meals that you can put in the freezer that you can just frost like nice kind of chilies with lots of vegetables in them like nice hearty soups for the you know the winter things are easy for you to digest and to enjoy like let people help you so I think that's really important have a few little simple recipes up your sleeve like oven-baked chicken with vegetables or even salmon, you know. And I think having those sorts of things will make uh, make it much more easier. And then when it comes to grocery shopping, and I, I have spent some time in, in the United States over the last few years, and, uh, you know, try and can kind of stick to those aisles, the outer aisles, that's where all the fresh stuff is. The inner aisles <laughs> is where all the processed stuff is. So try and stick to, or go to a farmer's market if you can afford it, because sometimes it's actually cheaper and you have much more interesting fruit and vegetables there, better quality you know, really kind of looking at all those small things. But I think when you're first diagnosed, don't think suddenly, oh, I'm going to become vegan. I'm going to change everything. Take some time. Think about what you like to eat too, because, you know, there's sometimes you can make healthier versions of those dishes. So for me, like, I'm not going to forget having a burger and chips, but what I do is I just do a burger, which I made myself from really good quality, organic ground, you know, meat. And whether it's chicken or turkey or even like, you know, beef sometimes. With lots of my own spices and then i do oven roasted like sweet potato like wedges you know and that kind of thing so it doesn't have to be like oh i can only eat a salad and i can only eat this and think about look look towards ethnic food sources because there's so many good nutritious you know recipes there in all different cultures and they're full of flavor and i think sometimes when you go through treatment i know my cousin's going through treatment at the moment and you know her taste buds have all gone so we're kind of constantly
0: think talking about what she can do to help her taste buds. Amazing. You know, and, and someone who has gone through it, you know, you're speaking from experience here and that's, that's so that's, that's important for the listeners to to know that, you know, Toril not only is she a nutritional scientist, she's someone who has gone through uh, uh, cancer and these suggestions that she's talking to you, are coming from a research base, right? You know, a lot of times people go, "Well, where does that come from?" You know, people are just throwing things out there. You know, this is evidence-based. Would you say? Would you say that, Toro?
1: Absolutely. So, you know, I've done some work with the World Cancer Research Fund, which is linked to the American Institute of Cancer Research, and they spend so much time and energy researching people all around the world what they eat and what can help reduce the risk of cancer a lot of the evidence comes from there particularly from breast cancer um, and i talk to a lot of breast cancer patients but there's a lot of i spend a lot of my time reading science papers and that's what i was doing last night trying to look at the latest evidence because the, the evidence for dairy and meat is so contentious and it changes all the time so we have to keep on top of it. We have to keep reading. And, you know, as scientists, we're just forever curious. We have to keep learning because, you know, the science is changing. We're learning. And I think understanding from lot, huge groups of people with lots of data, that's going to be help us go forward. So I'm not just saying oh, this is my personal opinion. I've, I've probably read a thousand papers um, and research and work with all these different charities and organizations to see what exactly... Um, can help us and I think going forward I think one of the things you've made up is how do people prepare for surgery or chemotherapy and I think one of the biggest areas of research right now which I think is fascinating is nutrition and lifestyle prehabilitation. so it's not just rehabilitation after you've had all the treatment this is how can you prepare yourself before because sometimes we're not ready before um, to have surgery or treatment because we may need to look at our kind of weight we may need to just get our body kind of Prepared, And I think that's an area where we don't have as much research yet and much evidence, but I think it's an area um, I'm definitely involved in some research groups with that work, because that's how we can hopefully help people to withstand, because it's hard having surgery and chemotherapy and radiation therapy and all those things. I had surgery in January 2021, last time for breast cancer, and it, it not only was we're in COVID pandemic and in lockdown, but it was hard. It was like really hard having nine and a half hour surgery and then learning to like walk again and move again and you know really wanting to nourish myself with good food but you know that doesn't mean you can't eat fun things you can't go to a birthday party and okay doesn't mean you can't um, have dessert once in a while like i think it's about 80 percent of the time 85 percent of the time making really healthy good choice what would the healthy version of me choose And then the rest of the time, enjoy your life because life is short and life is for living and food is so much more than fuel. It's about community and celebration and socializing and being with people. So we need to enjoy it.
0: Yes. Yes. And it, it is a social thing, right? I mean, you invite people over for dinner. and Why? Because the conversation happens. There's, a, there's an intimacy with that conversation and the food. You know, and this is just this is the way it's been for, for centuries upon, on end. And so, you know, being diagnosed with cancer, yes, uh, you know, it is, it is shocking. It is life-altering. But try not to overcomplicate it. Right. And, you know, one of the things we look at is the first medicine that you can you can choose for yourself. They say, let thy food be thy medicine. Do you, yeah. do you say do you say that the power of food can affect a person's outcome in their treatment store? I
1: think what we have to remember is that food is a really big part of the equation for healing and recovery. Food, is, food can't cure cancer. And I think we just have to be really clear about that. But what yeah. it can do is increase your chance of of, of recovery. It can reduce your risk factors. Um, there are you know modifiable risk factors, and we know that things like drinking alcohol, eating a diet high in kind of processed um, and meat um, and fast food and ultra processed food can increase your risk of all cancers. We know that in certain cancers, like you know eating a diet um, with you know, not enough fruit and vegetables can make a difference. So and what we, if when we're getting into the more granular states, and I'm thinking, you know, about breast cancer in particular, just because that's my kind of biggest area of, kind of work and research, and, and, and my personal interest is that, you know, it's getting to the point where we are starting to understand that if we have, the evidence shows that there's, you know, we can have two portions of cruciferous vegetables, like the broccolis and the cauliflowers and all those sorts of things, and that can help reduce our risk. So let's add all the good stuff in. Then there'll be less space, quite literally, for the bad stuff. So I think that's really, really important.
0: Absolutely, and thank you for clarifying that. Right? I mean, because we don't want to put that out. Oh, food will cure cancer. You know, there, there's so many, cl- there's so many things out here that are you know deceiving people. But what we want to talk about, and what we want to make sure that is clear, is that food has a huge impact on how you recover the energy and how you live your life. And so we wanted to make sure that this was discussed. And and Toro, thank you. Thank you so much for getting in here and just highlighting so so many different things about uh, nutrition that a lot of us don't even know, right?
1: And, you know, I think we're always going to keep learning and hopefully we're going to be able to keep sharing this information with patients as we learn it. And then people can hopefully choose to eat better. Um, And part of that's cooking better for yourself,
0: making a difference. Now talk to us a little bit. It says, cause you're, you're the founder of Urban Kitchen. What is, what is Urban Kitchen? Talk to us a little bit about that.
1: So Urban Kitchen is really a consultancy. It's just the name I created for myself because what I realized was that I love cooking and I love food, but I'm also really, you know, working nutrition. And when we live in a city like London or really anywhere, it is about being urban. It's not the same as, oh, you know, having this idyllic lifestyle where you're, you know, by a farm and you're picking and growing your own vegetables. It's not, life is not like that. I mean, it' not it would be. But, you know, we I go to the store, I go to the market and I buy food. So it was really just kind of integrating the, the kind of eating and the food and the joint part with the kind of nutrition part. And it just felt like the right name for the consultancy. But I do see patients on a one-on-one basis. I also run courses. For example, today we're running a course that starts this evening um, on breast cancer and how to support women and non-binary folks We've been through breast cancer or are going through treatment with how to help themselves again with diet and lifestyle, because it's so important with recovery. And it's not just the food, it's also the sleep, the exercise, the, you know, you're all about um, the kind of environment, the stresses of life. So those are all the kind of things that I talk about in, at Urban kitchen, whether it's with one-to-one patients or groups, or whether it's consulting for a brand or something like that.
0: Yes. You know, and, and, how important is it for, we don't, we don't talk about that enough. I don't believe, right. We don't talk about sleep enough and rest and letting your body heal. How important is that? You know, because we're talking about nutrition, which is great. You put on great, you put great foods into your body, but then what do you do with that body as far as getting it rest, getting rest? What, how important is that?
1: I think sleep is so much more important. I think in the Western world, we've become like, oh, you sleep when you're dead, but sleep is super important for our healing our deep healing and recovery for our physical body but also for our brain too uh, and i'm not just talking about our mental health but quite literally our brain this is when you know all the little molecules go around your brain and kind of hoover up all the rubbish and i think that's really really important and the actual kind of deep healing we, we know from research that that there's three layers of sleep there's like the deep sleep the REM sleep which is the rapid eye movement sleep and then kind of the light sleep and the deep sleep's where some of the deeper healing occur, like the physical healing. And I noticed from my own um, sleep patterns, I went aura ring, which basically measures all your layers of sleep. And I've noticed that when I had the surgery, I was in so much pain that I wasn't comfortable, so I couldn't sleep. Then I had the radiation therapy, and then I was burnt, so I couldn't sleep. And then I was having the hormone treatment, and it was just... Certainly, my temperature so up and down, I couldn't sleep very well. So I've really been focusing on sleep over the last year, per, on a personal and also be, you know, and I've been working with patients on sleep for many years, but really trying to understand the different layers. And what I've noticed is, by if you have more daylight, more access to daylight in a day, then that improves your sleep. It resets your circadian rhythms. If you see the beautiful colors of the sunrise, the sunset, actually in your eyes, photoreceptors, which can... Um, kind of register these beautiful colors and actually give your mind messages to release like sleep hormone. So sleep's just really, really important. And what we do around sleep, the sleep hygiene is really, really important to helping us to sleep better. And what I've noticed is that I, have, in the last, I think, what, six weeks, no, no, last month, I've had the best sleep I've ever had. And like, it's just really by understanding it. And I really want patients to, have the opportunity because there are so many moments when you can't sleep, particularly in hospital, because there's just they're waking you up every hour. But like, when you return home and you you're at home and you've had treatment, how do you make up for the sleep? So maybe you need to have a nap if you can't sleep during the night. Do you do you need to cool your bedroom? Do you need to think about pain relief? All of these things make a difference.
0: Yes. Wow, Tor, you're going to hear dropping gems today. You know, it's amazing. You know, we need that. We need we need better nutrition. We need more sleep. And take care of our bodies, right? We only get one, right? We got to take care of this thing, you know? And so thank you so much for, for explaining all of this. And before I let you go here, what is something that you would like the, those that are listening out there to know? What is something that you want them to take away um, from this?
1: So... I'm going to say two things if that's okay. One is it's not easy time, but remember this too shall pass. At some point, even though it feels impossible and very far away, you will be at the other end of the treatment and healing process and you'll be a different person. You will be a new normal. The second thing is please just eat more fruits and vegetables. Think about eating the rainbow. Try and eat one color from each color of the rainbow every day and that should take care of your nutritional needs.
0: Awesome. Awesome. So, thank you so much. It's been a privilege to have you here on All Talk Oncology, and uh, please come again. And it's been it's been an honor.
1: Thank you so much for having me. I look forward to talking to you again.
0: So, again, I want to thank Toral Shaw for joining us here at All Talk Oncology, and she dropped so many gems, and I hope you picked up on them. One of the things she talked about was during surgery, uh, what are some things that you can do to help the healing process? And she said, make sure that your foods and your diet includes protein, right? Because protein helps with the healing process. And not only that, she said, also try to find things that are rich in zinc. Because again, that helps with recovery and getting you through, right? So, so important. So important. Another gem she dropped was about eating the proper foods, right? And she says, fruits and vegetables are so important, right? We don't have enough of them in our diet. And so is there a way that we can implement fruits and vegetables into our diet? And she says, you know, try your best to try to eat a different color of fruit and vegetables each day, like coming from a rainbow, right? And make that enriched into your diet. And she says, you know, some of the things you can do is make it fun, invite family over and friends and maybe help prepare food for the week and there's some so much joy that happens in the kitchen and I don't know it's just that's the meeting place food is social so utilize that time for to prepare foods and different fruits and vegetables for your for your for you and your family throughout the week and that is a change and sometimes it's the small things, right? It's not, we don't have to do things so major. We can take these little small adjustments and make a huge impact on ourselves, right? Another gem that she discussed was about getting the rest, right? Sometimes we don't rest enough, and especially if you're in pain, right? If you've had surgery or you can't sleep, Uh, In her case, she talked about the radiation. Um, She talked about uh, having her surgery and how she wasn't able to sleep. And that could be the case. You know, one of the things that you want to make sure you do have if you can't sleep uh, because of pain is having the right medication that can help you uh, reduce that pain. In addition to um, the pain medication, she talked about if you're not getting enough sleep throughout the, throughout the night. Can you take naps throughout the day, right? But allow your body uh, a chance to heal. Allow a chan- allow, give it a chance to recover from what you've gone through. And I thought that was super important. And, you know, I love the way she talked about, you know, 80% of the time, do your best to eat a healthy diet, right? Try to eat good. of the time. And she says, take the foods that you do enjoy, right? And make the healthy version of them, you know, make a healthy version of the foods you like, but the rest of the time, enjoy life because life is short. And I love the way she brought that balance. So again, I want to thank everyone who tuned in today. Here's where you will find up-to-date cancer discussions with industry experts and leading professionals that can help you in your cancer fight. You are not alone in this. We are in this together. I'm your host, Kenny Perkins, a.k.a. The Cancer Guy, and until again, I'm out.